It's January the 20th. Let's read the Bible. Good morning, folks. My name is Ray Pritchard, president of Keep Believing Ministries. Delighted you've joined us on this adventure through God's Word. We've already done the book of Genesis. We're doing the first 15 Psalms. And then in a couple of days from now, we're going to get back into the beginning of the Old Testament, back to the book of Exodus. I want to say thank you to all of our friends, hundreds and thousands of you in America and around the world who are following along with these daily video Bible readings. Just a reminder, if you don't, if you're not able to watch at 7 a.m. Central Time in the morning, which is when we post these videos, don't worry. They're going to be, as long as the internet lasts, we're hoping these videos are going to be available on Facebook and on YouTube and on the Keep Believing website and on the video platform called Rumble, which means you can watch these videos anytime you want. And if you're just joining us now, doesn't matter. Welcome. Glad to have you. You can go back and watch all the previous videos free of charge anytime you like at your own convenience. So today, Psalm 8, Psalm 9, Psalm 10, and Psalm 11, just a reminder, uh, this is God's hymn book. This is the hymn book from the Lord the inspired hymn book for the people of God, not just for the Jewish people, but for all of God's people in every generation. Psalm 8. We talked about that the, the book of Psalms is wonderful because it's an anatomy of all parts of the soul. Last couple of Psalms, David has been in trouble and has been crying out for deliverance. Completely different feel now. Psalm 8 begins in the superscription for the choir master, according to Gittith. Probably some sort of musical notation, a psalm of David. So many great hymns and worship choruses from Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the mouths of children and infants, you have ordained praise on account of your adversaries to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I behold your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. What is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you care for him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler of the works of your hands. You have placed everything under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea and all that swim the paths of the sea. O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Now, when David wrote this, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he could not have known how this psalm was going to be fulfilled. Hundreds of years later, what is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. David wrote this a thousand years before the coming of Christ, and yet Christ would come, and then after Christ ascended into heaven, then some decades later in the early church, whoever wrote the book of Hebrews, we'll get into that question way down the road when we finally get to the book of Hebrews, but when the writer of Hebrews wants to explain how Jesus became the Son of God, became the Son of Man, in Hebrews chapter 2, you know what he quotes? He quotes Psalm 8. So we're going to come back to this again. 
How majestic, how majestic is your name in all the earth. David saw it and we see it now in an even greater way. Psalm 9 and Psalm 10. A lot of people think, even though these are separate psalms, a lot of people think they go together because these two psalms are acrostic, acrostic psalms, which you really don't see in the English, but in the Hebrew, what that means is that Psalm 9, each verse begins with a different letter from the first half of the Hebrew alphabet. First half of the alphabet is the beginning of each verse in Psalm 9, and the last half of the Hebrew alphabet is the uh, each verse in Psalm 10. Begins that way. First half of Hebrew's alphabet, Hebrew alphabet, Psalm 9, last half, Psalm 10. Two acrostic psalms. Let's see what Psalm 9 says. For the choir master, to the tune of the death of the son, a psalm of David. I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. I will recount all your wonders. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. When my enemies retreat, they stumble and perish before you. For you have upheld my just cause. You sit on your throne judging righteously. You have rebuked the nations. You have destroyed the wicked. You have erased their name forever and ever. The enemy has come to eternal ruin. You have uprooted their cities. The very memory of them has vanished. But the Lord abides forever. He has established his throne for judgment. He judges the world with justice. He governs the people with equity. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Sing praises to the Lord who dwells in Zion. Proclaim his deeds among the nations. For the avenger of bloodshed remembers. He will not ignore the cry of the afflicted. Be merciful to me, O Lord. See how my enemies afflict me. Lift me up from the gates of death, that I may declare all your praises, that within the gates of daughter Zion, I may rejoice in your salvation. The nations have fallen into a pit of their making. Their feet are caught in the net they have hidden. The Lord is known by the justice he brings. The wicked are ensnared by the work of their hands. Higayon Selah. The wicked will return to Sheol, all the nations who forget God, for the needy will not always be forgotten, nor the hope of the oppressed forever dashed. Rise up, O Lord, do not let man prevail. Let the nations be judged in your presence. Lay terror upon them, O Lord. Let the nations know they are but men. Selah. Here's a psalm which Clearly, David is thinking about the troubles of his day, but he thinks of it in almost cosmic terms. He understands that the wicked who've come against him are actually coming against God. You will not forget the needy. You will not forget the oppressed forever. At the end, it's, it's almost, it's a psalm, I think, that, that David gives in his day, but it has great application to the second coming of Christ to the judgment of the nations when our Lord returns and sets up his kingdom. So there's elements of Bible prophecy that, that 
spring out of Psalm 9. Let's go to Psalm 10. This is the one based on the second half of the Hebrew alphabet. Psalm 10. Why, O Lord, do you stand afar off? Why do you hide in times of trouble? In pride, the wicked pursue the needy. Let them be caught in the schemes they devise. For the wicked man boasts in the cravings of his heart. He blesses the greedy and reviles the Lord. In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his schemes, there is no God. He is secure in his ways at all times. Your lofty judgments are far from him. He sneers at all his foes. He says to himself, I will not be moved from age to age. I am free of distress. His mouth is full of cursing, deceit, and violence. Trouble and malice are under his tongue. He lies in wait near the villages. In ambush, he slays the innocent. His eyes watch in stealth for the helpless. He lies in wait like a lion in the thicket. He lurks to seize the oppressed. He catches the lowly in his net. They are crushed and beaten down. The hapless fall prey to his strength. He says to himself, God has forgotten. He hides his face and never sees. Arise, O Lord. Lift your hand, O God. Do not forget the helpless. Why has the wicked man renounced God? He says to himself, you will never call me to account, but you have regarded trouble and grief. You see to repay it by your hand. The victim entrusts himself to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked and the evildoer. Call him to account for his wickedness until none is left to be found. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations perish from his hand, from his land. You have heard, O Lord, the desire of the humble. You will strengthen their hearts. You will incline your ear to vindicate the fatherless and oppressed. That the men of the earth may strike terror no more. Mm. Wow. That description of the wicked man. There's no use for God, no need for God who thinks he can get away with anything. Reminds us of Psalm 73. In the end, God is going to bring the wicked man down. He's describing the wicked, the arrogant of every generation. He's describing the, the evildoers who arise in every generation. The King Herods who think they can raise themselves up in order the killing of the baby boys of Bethlehem. He's describing, I think, the evil. But if you go all the way to the end, one writer, I, re I was looking at one commentator, he said, that ultimately, that's like the Antichrist of the last days. There will be, John says, the Antichrist is to come and yet his spirit is with us in every age. That is why the end of this is so important. The Lord is king forever and ever. So be encouraged, friends. Be encouraged. There's a lot of evil in the world around us, but the Lord reigns forever and ever. One day We see it now by faith. One day we shall see it by sight. When Jesus comes again, Psalm 11. For the choir master of David, in the Lord I take refuge. How then can you say to me, flee like a bird to your mountain? For behold, the wicked bend their bows. They set their arrow on the string to shoot from the shadows at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, 
What can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. His eyes are watching closely. They examine the sons of men. The Lord tests the righteous and the wicked. His soul hates the lover of violence. On the wicked, he will rain down fiery coals and sulfur. A scorching wind will be their portion. For the Lord is righteous. He loves justice. The upright will see his face. That's the end of our reading for today. Before we wrap up here, let me just call your attention to verse 3 of Psalm 11. It's uh, This is David. He's in trouble. And some people are saying, David, you got to get out of here. David, you got to pack your bags. David, you got to flee. The bad guys are coming to that. They're bending their bows against you. They're coming after you. And they, they're, they're culminating argument. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? And here's the answer. Even in moments of great distress, there's a whole lot the righteous can do. They can remember that God is still on his throne. They can remember the Lord is in his holy temple. They can remember that God has his eyes on everything. He sees the sons of men. He hates the lover of violence. So the Lord is righteous. He loves justice. The upright will see his face. Be encouraged, my friends. Whatever you are going through, God sees and God knows the Lord is in his temple. He has not forgotten you. So go out and have a great day serving the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come on back here tomorrow morning. We will do this again. God bless. Have a great day.